This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I don't know if you can detect it in my voice, but I'm having a bit of an allergy attack. Uh, I've been sneezing a lot today, all day. I've been in air conditioning. It's been hot and super humid here in Minnesota for the last couple few days. Today, especially humid. I mean, the dew point got up into the to 80 degrees, and that is that's 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 more than just tropical. I mean, that's I mean that's rainforest, I guess. And uh, anyway, so just so it's been happening, and I've done this is my 418th show. I've been doing Dimland Radio for just under nine and a half years, and I'm fairly certain that I've never sneezed on the show. Uh, but it could happen on this one. I'm just letting you know. And I'm doing the best I can to minimize sniffling. <laughs> Which is not easy. <laughs> Let me tell you. So, bearing that in mind, I'm going to forge ahead and see what I got for you guys. Uh, I was called a millennial this week. I was accused uh, accused of being a millennial. Or at the very least, I had the I was accused of having the millennial mentality. Well, how did this happen? Well, I had the temerity to comment in a uh, a non-affirmative way in a response to a meme put up on one of the comic book fan group page sites that I'm part of on, on Facebook. And I don't do an awful lot of commenting, but here and there. And sometimes I'll share something on, the, on those pages if I think it's, if it works. Uh, well, well, what was what was posted by someone on there was uh, uh, it was it's it's one of those in my day kind of things which my son makes fun of me when I start kind of complaining about things he'll turn and he'll start talking like an old man he'll say well in my day he'll do that just to just to show me that I'm being old man Fitzsimmons well somebody had uh, posted a uh, photograph uh, a still 
from the, uh, the the television series from the 1970s, started off in the 1970s, based on a comic book character called The Incredible Hulk. You may remember that show, especially if you're my age. And the picture is of uh, Lou Ferrigno, who was a championship bodybuilder, and he he played the Hulk character on that series. And he is, the pictures of him all hulked out. Uh, he's, uh, he's flexing his, his uh, quite well-defined muscles and, fairly, and pretty large uh, muscles. He's, he's got, like, his, his arms are out to his sides, but, you know, held up kind of midpoint where his fists are pointing forward a bit and he's he's just flexing he's just Argh! so that the the veins in his neck are stretched and his and he's got a big grimace on his face like he's roaring and and he's wearing that terrible 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 wig <laughs> it was an awful wig <laughs> they couldn't come up with something better than that apparently well the uh, words that were put in there uh, say my generation didn't need CGI. We had Lou Ferrigno. Well, um, sometimes, sometimes I feel like asking for it, I guess. So I commented on the, uh, on that post. A simple, um, yeah, I watched that show. We needed CGI then, too. That did get a three likes, at least at the time that I printed out this screenshot that I have here in front of me. And uh, one of the people responded, one person responded to me, just one, uh, saying, Jim Fitzsimmons, which is, you, you, here's something you should know about on Facebook. You don't have to respond to the, per, in the person's full name. You don't, you don't have to. You can actually, okay, when you're replying to somebody, Facebook will automatically put the full name in there. They put Jim and they put Jim Fitzsimmons in there. Now, if I was replying to to me, um, and I click the reply, and the first words that show up in my little window for I type in my message is the first and last name of the person I'm going to respond to, you can do a backspace or a delete, and it will it'll pop back from the the last name and, and drop that out. But it'll still have the first name, and it will still be linked to the person, to their account, so that they will get a notification that you're responding, that somebody responded to a comment that, that was made. So, so that way, it's just a first name. I think that's more friendly than throwing out the, you know, the full name. I think it's more familiar, and hey, aren't we all friends here on this social media, aren't we? Well, okay, so this person responds, doesn't know this little trick, or just chooses not to use it. Yeah, could be that. Jim Fitzsimmons, spoiled millennial mentality. Everything has to be high-tech. I suppose you think all classic TV sucked then, huh? Since it, was, uh, since it wasn't so high-tech. So edgy, man, you're cool. Now, he misspelled your. But I let it go. I didn't say you mean... My cool what? Because it's he, he, it's not it's Y O U R he spelled it um, when it should be Y O U apostrophe R E. 
you know, as in you are so cool, and or so edgy, man, you are cool. And of course, there were some commas missing and things, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I just simply replied, thanks. <laughs> just leave it at that. And I didn't want to. I didn't have the heart to tell because my uh, the my profile picture is a picture that my son took of me. And it's uh, it's uh, he, we converted it to black and white because it looks cooler. And what he did was he was just I think he was demonstrating how to convert a, a photograph into black and white for me actually. So he he took a picture of me. What he did was well, here, give me your phone. And he just as a quick flips it toward my face. You know, he just holds it up with his hand, hits the, the hits the click button for the taking the photo because does that. And this it's a blurry image. You can tell it's me, but you may not be able to tell how old I am by looking at that picture. So the guy can't tell that I'm <laughs> I'm closing in on 55. <laughs> I'm I'm far from millennial. But my point was, I guess, because I, I started thinking about it after that, and I started thinking about those uh, those uh, live action superhero shows. I hope you guys don't hear this Kleenex that I'm using, <laughs> but. I'm trying not to sniffle so much. Um, back in those days, it actually, it started on television with uh, uh, the Six Million Dollar Man, who was not a comic book character. At, uh, he became one, but he wasn't to start with. He started off as a TV show, and that was in 1972, I believe, that, that took the air. And that sort of set the, you know, that was the technology that they could use to make the superhero TV shows. You know, when, you know, when, uh, you know, do have the super fast running Steve Austin running slow motion so that it, they can say, well, we had to slow it down because he's running so fast, you know, and it would look more dramatic than speeding up the, the running. It would look kind of silly. Uh, and, it, okay, and I was, you know, when that came, that show came out, I was what? Um, eight maybe seven, something like that, and so okay, it was. I enjoyed it, but by the time Incredible Hulk came out in, uh, onto, onto television in 1978, I was I was collecting comic books and I watched the show and I was like, first of all, I was mad that they had his name wrong, uh, the name of uh, the 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 character that becomes the Hulk, uh, Doctor David. Bruce Banner, when actually his name is Dr. Robert Bruce Banner, and everybody in the comic books called him Bruce. And there were reasons, I've talked about this in the past, there were reasons brought up as why it was happening. And one of them was being that the name, and I'm sorry, this is a, this is a reflective of the time period, the name might have seemed too gay, which Lou Ferrigno even said that was the most ridiculous thing he'd ever heard. Um, but for whatever reason, it became David, not Bruce. And... It just I, I watched it as a kid. I remember thinking that ah, it's kind of lame. First of all, you know the name's wrong for Doctor Banner, and then the Hulk is just the Hulk is he's he's not the Hulk. You know he's he, yeah he's green and he's strong. He can he can kick through drywall. That's great, but it's it's not like in the comic books. In the comic books, the Hulk could talk. He wasn't the most uh, brilliant conversationalist, but he could talk. But this Hulk was just... Rawr! Uh, once in a while, they tried to reason with him, and he'd look like he's thinking, trying to figure it out, but uh, 
it, no, there was never. It, they, they never developed. The Hulk had his own character. He wasn't just a a berserker that just you know went out and happened to beat up the bad guys. He he had his own personality and he had an input in his stories. He wasn't just this hook to get the viewers to watch. Because what would happen in those shows is that you would have at least one appearance of the Hulk, maybe two, and one at about the midpoint, midway point of the show and one at the end of the show, uh, usually, as I recall. And and it's just to come and you know, lay a beat down on somebody. That's, that's essentially all it is. Uh, and and I started thinking even more about this particular show. Uh, before I get to that, uh, there were other live-action superhero attempts uh, at uh, television programs. Uh, there was before uh, Incredible Hulk, there was uh, the Amazing Spider-Man series. They t they attempted to do that, and it lasted 13 episodes. And the this. The, the costume was accurate to the comic book, but it was ridiculous. It looked, it just looked like somebody was wearing pajamas with a hood. And it, it just didn't work. And uh, in the comic books, here's the thing about the comic books. Spider-Man's costume uh, and Spider-Man's abilities... Contrary to the first three movies about Spider-Man that, you know, with Tobey Maguire, the webbing doesn't come out of his body. The webbing was an invention that, that Peter Parker came up with when he got these spider powers up to be able to climb walls and have, be really strong and spider sense and all that. He, he, he was an inventive kid, very smart, so he invented these webbing that would shoot out of these, these wristbands that he would have on. In the comic books, they would show the wristbands, the costume would go on over that, and the wristbands would completely disappear. And it would just be, his wrists wouldn't be any wider than, they, than, than, you know, than a, just a plain wrist without even a watch. Just That's what it would be. And the thing about drawing comic book characters, comic book superheroes, um, it was, I read one artist get in an interview saying, well, essentially what we're doing is we're drawing the characters naked. We're just painting on the costume. Which is right. But when you try to do that live-action stuff, what they were doing in the 70s, they didn't have the kind of technology they have today to make the costumes look right. And also, although Spider-Man's costume was accurate, it just looked like this, you know, wrinkly, stretchy folded it just didn't look right it just it looked pathetic so that didn't last and then there was a, a TV movie about Captain America they were hoping that that would be popular enough to springboard it into a series I'm, I'm sure and spider you know that Captain America would wear a motorcycle helmet and ride a motorcycle which Captain America has done but his shield was completely wrong it was round you know, but it didn't have white on it. Instead of white, it was, it was just a shield made of plexiglass. It was just, oh, I looked, I, as a kid, watching this, and this is at the time where I'm still kind of in the target audience range <laughs> that will accept this. Although the, the Hulk was actually a fairly successful show. It went for five seasons. 
And then Wonder Woman comes along. It's not Marvel. It's DC. But it's all using the same sort of elements that uh, these superhero shows use. And, and Wonder Woman lasted three seasons. The first season was on ABC. Then it switches over to CBS for the, last, for the second two seasons. And in the transition from ABC to CBS, they decided to not do what the first season did, which was to set the storyline, the time period being World War II. And they decided to just update it to the, you know, the, the 1970s. Part of the problem with the Incredible Hulk, the series, it was not Bill Bixby. His acting was, he, he, that was probably the best part of it, was his acting. But the, the problem, it, it was, it was just, uh, you know, Dr. Banner drifting along uh, through America, uh, coming into a situation and because he's, um, you know, he tries to help the situation out, and then at some point he becomes the Hulk in order to, you know, save the day, and then he has to move on. That's that's how it worked. And I started thinking about that, and I thought, you know what this is? This is this is not all that different than going back to the 1950s to television series The Fugitive. The Fugitive was about Dr. Richard Kimball, who was a surgeon, and, and he was accused of murdering his, his wife, but, but really, his wife was killed by a one-armed man, and, uh, the, you know, Cam, uh, Kimball, I think it's Kimball, not Cam, did I say Kimball? Well, I think it's Kimball. He goes on the lamb, you know, he becomes a fugitive, and he's chasing down the one-armed man, because it's the only way he's going to exonerate his, his, himself, and... He drifts along from town to town, and his his it, the hook for that show is that he's a doctor, and he, his his doctoring can help along along the way. Maybe it's not something that came up every episode, but uh, but I don't know. I didn't watch the series, but that was something that was an element there. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. There was another show. Let's fast forward. There was another show on television around about the same time as the Incredible Hulk came out, and that was Kung Fu. Let's think. Did the the show Kung Fu with David Carradine playing Kwai Chang Kane was uh, a, you know half Chinese, uh, half white American. Uh, he's you know he's he was raised in some orphanage uh, in in China, and he learns all this Taoist philosophy and learns martial arts. And so that's the hook of that show, was the martial arts. So you knew that at least once or twice a show, uh, Kane's going to break out the, the kung fu moves in order to put the beat down on some bigots. And he drifted from town to town. So you think about these three shows. you got The Fugitive, you got, you got you got kung fu, and you got Bigfoot. Uh, not Bigfoot. you got The Hulk. Bigfoot did appear on The Hulk. And essentially, it's about a, it's about a guy who is looking for something or someone... And there's a certain hook to the show, to this character that makes the show interesting. And so with Dr. Kimball, it's the fact he was a doctor. He's searching for the guy who killed his wife. With uh, with uh, Kung Fu, it's it's Kane. Kane is 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 you know has this martial arts, uh, and he's searching for his family. He's searching for. He ends up finding his half brother at some point during the series. And then you know, and along the way, he we learn a little bit about uh, Taoist philosophy. Which I found interesting, even watching it later as an adult, I thought that's kind of interesting. And then you've got, you've got Doctor Banner, roaming from town to town, solving people's problems because that's what the other guys would do. They'd solve their problems using their particular skills, and he'd use his, you know, turning into a Hulk, and doing that. That was the hook of that show. That he would be this marginally superpowered green monster. But it just didn't work. Even as a kid, looking at it, it's just like I—I I may have been about thirteen when the the Hulk came on the air, 
and maybe maybe 12. So maybe I was starting to get to the close to that teen years where I wouldn't be satisfied with it. But it's just I just remember thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if they could just make a real movie out of this and uh, using these characters and do that? I remember thinking of that as a kid, and then they did. Started up about 20 years ago or something, right? With Iron Man and the, the Spider-Man movies, and let's see, and we're seeing that wait, this this can work. This is this is something that can happen because the technology had begun to catch up, so that it you could make this stuff look real, and that the people didn't look funny in their costumes. They looked it looked real. It looked like it would work. And sure, the stories had to be adjusted a little bit to make it work for the screen. It couldn't be exactly the comic books, but it was so much better. But we could have used CGI. <laughs> in those days. And no, I didn't think all television sucked back then. It's just... The Incredible Hulk was kind of silly. I mean, they would they, it would do what television would do at the time. What's big in pop culture now? What's the big thing in pop culture? Let's move, work it into the show. What was big in the late 1970s in pop culture? Well, disco was. There's a show where he drifts into some city and he, you know, he he gets a job at a, at a, at a disco and he helps a, a, a young dancer gal and her partner, you know, win the big contest or something. And the gal also has alcoholism problems, so he helps her with that. And then, you know, the club is owned by some mob guy or something, and and they're they're up to some shenanigans. And the Hulk, he busts out the Hulk to beat up the place and uh, to beat up the bad guys, and and everybody lives happily ever after. And Banner just drifts on to the next town. It's. And the most ridiculous thing I saw, and I saw this fairly recently because it's rerun on, on some channel around, was Dr. Banner's in an airplane, an airliner, a, a commercial airliner. And, he, you know, something's gone wrong with the pilot, so somehow Banner ends up in the, in the cockpit trying to land the plane, and he turns into the Hulk. <laughs> but it was, it was good that he turned into the Hulk because the Hulk was strong enough to apply the brakes or move the handle or something like that because Banner couldn't do it because something was wrong with the mechanically wrong with the plane or I, I don't it's just but it was just silly it's just I don't see how an adult can watch that show and not think it's silly anyway I'm sure a lot of people think all the movies uh, that have come out with the superhero thing are probably pr plenty silly uh, so what are you gonna do it's whatever you like but I got accused of being a millennial or at least having the millennial mentality which <laughs> I'm not and I don't get off my lawn uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com taking my first break I shall return head emoticon please someone anyone you're listening to dimland radio on z talk radio network this is meryl streep there's so much in life we can't control but here's something we can colorectal cancer it's the second leading cancer killer in the u.s but it is almost entirely preventable 
Screening finds polyps so they can be removed before they turn into cancer. If you're over 50, get screened for colorectal cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. We'll all be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what, you think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Welcome back to uh, Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Speaking of old, or being a certain age, uh, you guys have probably you're probably aware that across the social media, something something's been going on. Uh, just kind of exploded this past week. This is this big deal, uh, or you know, it, this happens on the internets where something will suddenly become very popular, you know, go viral, as the kids say. And uh, it was this face app thing. Um, I'm not exactly certain what uh, gave it the uh, reason for blowing up. Uh, I I think I'd I'd read that um, some celebrities were using it and posting this, this app that you can use to, you know, change what your face looks like. Uh, you can use it to age yourself by several decades or make yourself look younger, uh, a photograph of yourself. And, and and so I guess some celebrities started posting it and that got the, you know, the, the rest of the people to, to get on board, and uh, including me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Kim Kardashian is going to use it, I've got to, you know, because I just have to do whatever Kim Kardashian does. Oh yes, I need to. I need to get the verbal fry, and oh, never mind. I really don't know much about the Kardashians. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, so I start seeing people on Facebook with the posting you know, my Facebook friends posting pictures of themselves looking really old, and I, I, I so I what is it? so I looked for I saw it was an app or something. So I went to my app store on my little uh, handheld computer phone device. And found an aging app, a face aging app, and I used it. It was not the same one. And it did, you know, it was, I thought, well, this doesn't look as impressive as the other ones I've seen. Uh, but I do look older. And I posted a couple of those pictures on, on Facebook. And then uh, I realized that, you know, on the images themselves, right down the corner, it said face app. So I decided to look for that app and get it. Now, in the meantime, this, this thing goes crazy, it blows up, people are doing it, they're posting pictures of themselves looking much older than they are, and then all of a sudden there's, oh, wait a minute, you don't want to be doing this because the Russians, this is this is the Russians that have that site, they own that site, and they're using, they're, they're getting into the cloud, and they're getting into your pictures, and they, they have access to all your pictures, and you know, you don't want that happening. And they might have access to all kinds of other stuff. Well, uh, so that starts to go around. That makes the round. And then there's an article, which I'll share on the show notes page at dimland.com. 
click on the blog option you'll get to the you'll get to the show notes and you can find the link to this article that was in Forbes.com where uh, a writer for that uh, uh, magazine or website had uh, tracked this down his name is uh, Thomas Brewster uh, he covers uh, crime and privacy and security both uh, physical and digital uh, crimes and you know privacy issues and, and such uh, he covers that kind of stuff, and he found that, that there's really no evidence that uh, uh, that the Rus- Russians, the Ruskies, the commies, well, I don't know if they're commies anymore, but you know, that they're busy, you know, that they're getting into your, your photographs. There's been no- nothing. And now, before I read that, I was thinking, well, I could download that Face app thing, but they might get to all, all my photographs. And I thought, well, I don't have any pictures in there that I wouldn't show to anybody. Yeah, I would. I that that would. I'd have any you know qualms about showing somebody. I so I thought. Well, what the hell? <laughs> I don't care. Um, remember last week I was talking about the attempted blackmail, and I said there's there's nobody. There's there. I mean, there's no images of me uh, having special me time while watching videos on my laptop. There's there's not. This they don't exist. I'm very confident of that. I won't tell you well because well we have a little you know piece of paper across the camera but there's other reasons why I'm very confident of that but it's none of your business. Never, never so I'm I'm not worried about that and I'm not worried about somebody seeing pictures of my California trip because I posted them on Facebook anyway maybe not all of them but a bunch of them and you know so what so I did it and you'll see the results on the show notes page uh, at dimland.com click on the blog option you'll see it and it, I, I have to say I'm really impressed. With the uh, with the uh, software with, that figures out how to do that, because it's it looks pretty right. I mean, I, I mean, it doesn't. The the first application that I found that did it was just looked like the, it just drew some lines on me, essentially. This one really distorts the flesh, all right, and it didn't just. And you, the other one will distort the flesh a little bit. In fact, I had to take my glasses off because the glasses got too distorted, and, and you know, it kind of blows the effect. But in this one, the, I left my glasses on. You can see there's some distortion in the glasses, but it's not quite as bad. So, you know, it's much more subtle that way. And and the change, the skin texture and all that is a bit more subtle as well. And it just, it seemed to look right. Uh, somebody took a picture of, uh, from Star Trek The Next Generation Season 2, there's a character on there played by Diana Muldoor. I believe that's her name. Uh, the character was Dr. Pol- Kate Pulaski. She took over for Dr. Beverly Crusher. She was in the first season, and then she left, and then she, they, they got her back on the show, and away went, you know, goodbye to Dr. Pulaski. And fans were not a, very uh, fond of uh, Dr. Pulaski. She had a... There was a, something about her character that was a little off-putting. And I, I, it's hard to describe it. But anyway, there's an episode on which she gets rapidly aged... And so somebody took her picture, and rapidly, you know, of her rapidly aged, and put that through FaceApp, and she gets real old. And then they save that picture, and they put that picture through uh, FaceApp again, and then I think one more time. So it gets really, <laughs> gets really, really, really distorted. I should try it. Well, I, I, I deleted the app after getting my picture, so I don't know. I'm not worried about what the Ruskies might do. <laughs> Um. Anyway, so uh, let's see what time is it. I gotta check the time. Oh, I do have time. I have time for a very special 
uh, one of, uh, of these things that is going to sound right now. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Actually, it's two pedantic moments. Maybe a third will get in there if I talk long enough. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. Um, the first one, it, 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 they relate to the same movie. The 19, oh, not 19, the 2008 comic book character classic now. I mean, it's 11 years old. Can you believe it? Uh, the Dark Knight, which is the second of the three movies that uh, director Christopher Nolan uh, made uh, ba- you know, featuring... Batman. And in the second movie, that's the one that has Heath Ledger playing the Joker, which is a brilliant performance in there. But there's something that I just... We we, we here in our household just watched The Dark Knight uh, again recently. I think it was Hayden's first time seeing the whole movie. So, But we just watched it recently. And there was something that struck me. Like, huh. <laughs> this This seems a little odd. Uh, if you recall, at the beginning of the movie, uh, there's going to be some spoilers involved here. So if you're not, you know, if you're not, uh, you don't want this spoiled because you haven't seen the movie, maybe you want to zip along a little bit so you don't hear the spoilers, but there's going to be spoilers. At the beginning of the movie, we see a gang of uh, bank robbers all done up like clowns. They're all wearing clown masks. And they're, they're you know, doing this crime of robbing the bank. And as, as each criminal takes care of a task, each one of the gang takes care of the task, another member of the task kills that one. And it's kind of, they're not all together, but they're, they're kind of working in pairs until finally they're in the bank. And there's there's like like two clowns left in the bank. And, uh, you know, one of them has figured out, wait a minute, the, you know, I think the boss, and the boss was the Joker, uh, wants us to kill all of us, all you know. So, uh, you know, I'm going to kill you before you can kill me. And, and then he just stands there looking at this other clown, and he says, "What are you waiting for?" And the clown says something like, "I'm waiting for the bus." And a bus crashes into the front of the bank. It's a school bus. It backs in. Well, whatever happens. Uh, and then the Joker. It's the Joker is one of the guys that was robbing the bank. He takes off his mask. A mask that's based on it's an homage to the Batman series from the 1960s with Adam West, the and Cesar Romero's uh, Joker was uh, um, doing a, a bit on the show where he's dressed up like a, an opera clown, and he's got he's wearing a clown mask. It's the the clown masks are very much the same. They're not this. It's it's the same clown face, but the one in The Dark Knight's a little dingier looking. Okay. A bus crashes into the back. It, it, it crashes backward into the front of the bank. This is in downtown Gotham City, in the middle of the day. And the Joker gets away. He gets in the bus. He drives it away, and he turns. He drives, and he turns into a long line of school buses. And that's when it. That's when it hit me. Uh, I'm sure Gotham City is is filled with people that are are jaded because of all the crime and, and how dangerous the city is and how terrible it is and it just should be flushed away. I'm sure there are jaded citizens, but you, you mean to tell me you couldn't gather a few people to, you know, to take some notice of the fact that the school bus crashed into a bank? Uh, 
I'd say that the bus drives away and people are just walking by. I go, okay, yeah, it's a bus pulling out of the front of the bank. Nobody, there's not a crowd standing there looking at that. I thought that doesn't what? No, something now. Come on, are they are Gothamites that 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 jaded? They don't care. I'm just moving along. I don't want if I stand still long enough, somebody will mug me. That's how bad the city is. But that's a minor pedantic moment. I have a much bigger one, and it's not mine. I didn't come up with this. A friend of mine, Tim, was one of the Minnesota skeptics. The last meetup we were at, we were talking about the movies, uh, movies at some point. This thing came up, and he pointed out something about the movie that uh, I thought was excellent, and it really does um, hurt the plot of the film. Doesn't ruin it. It's still a very good movie. But he reminded me of this, this part of the film. Uh, there is an accountant that works for the Wayne Enterprises. And again, spoilers. He goes to one of the executives, uh, Bruce Wayne's right-hand man at, the, at there, and it's Lucius Fox, who's played by Morgan Freeman. He goes to him and says, I figured out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And if you don't want me to tell the public, I want $10 million a year. Well, you know, Lucius Fox is very intelligent, and he gets his way out of it very nicely. I won't spoil how he does it, but it's pretty well done. But later in the film, the accountant decides that, well, you know what, I'm going to go forward anyway. And he shows up on this tabloidish news program, which is a live call-in news program on television, hosted by some smarmy journalist type, uh, played by Anthony Michael Hall. And he's going to, you know, and it's all pumped up that this guy here, this accountant here, who is going to tell us who the Batman is. But first, we're going to take some calls. And the first call they take is from the Joker. And the Joker says that he will give anyone a million dollars to... Oh, no, no, no. That's not it. That's not what he said. He will... <laughs> he says someone in Gotham is going to have to kill this accountant because he doesn't want him ruining his fun. Kill this accountant in the next 60 minutes or else a, a hospital will be blown up. I will blow up a hospital. Well, they got to take him seriously. They evacuate all the hospitals. They try to protect this, uh, this accountant guy. In the process of protecting him and clearing out all the hospitals and trying to do all that, there are two attempts made on the accountant's life. There's some regular citizen outside of a building that, that the accountant is being moved through that takes a shot through the window. I mean, he shoots out the plate glass window but doesn't hit the guy. And then in the car with, with, with uh, Jim Gordon, the, I don't know if he was Commissioner Gordon at that point or Lieutenant Gordon, he's a cop, he's in with, with this accountant guy and another cop who's armed with a shotgun. And this other cop is about to take out this accountant because I guess his wife is in one of these hospitals and he doesn't want his wife to die. So there are two people, one of them a police officer, who were willing to kill this one guy because, you know, the terroristic threat of blowing up a hospital. Move a little forward to the finale, to the, the, the big fight at the end between Batman and, and the Joker. And the Joker's got this, this, this grand plan to demoralize Gotham to show how they're terrible, awful people, because it's got a, a ferry boat. Two ferry boats are making their way across this river. The, Gotham City is, I guess, completely surrounded by water, and so it has these bridges that they can raise the bridges and they can lock off Gotham City from the from the rest of the world. 
And they're trying to evacuate the city or something cause for whatever reason. So they got two ferry boats filled with people. One is filled with convicted cr criminals and their guards and the warden of the prison, I, I assume. And the other ferry boat is filled with law-abiding citizens. And the Joker lets everybody know on these two ferry boats that he has rigged them to explode at midnight. Unless one of these ferry boats, the passengers of one of these ferry boats decide to use the detonator, which he's supplied to both of to both to both both boats, to use that detonator to blow up the other boat. To blow so so either the law abiding people kill the prisoners or the prisoners kill the law abiding people. And nobody wants to do it. Oh sure, the civilians they're all ready to go as far as rhetoric, or at least a lot of them do. And they say, okay, let's take a vote. So they, you know, the, the majority says, let's do it. Let's, let's destroy the, uh, the uh, prisoners. Because after all, they've had their chance. They're in prisoner. They, they're paying, they, have, they owe a debt to society. We are law-abiding citizens, taxpayers, fine, upstanding people. And we've got our children with us and our families, our wives. You know, we've got, you know in our own lives, let's save ourselves because, okay. But nobody can bring themselves to do it. All right. And the prisoners, who you would think they'd do it right away, well, we're prisoners anyway. What can they do to us? When one very big, imposing prisoner with a goofy eye, you know, this is kind of a crossed eye. I think the actors, I think his eye is actually that way because I've seen him in other things. And I think that's just how it is. And that's just how it is. Anyway, he's a really big, big dude. And he goes up to the whoever's holding the trigger that can't turn it. And he says, Give it to me. Well, that was the Batman voice. Give it to me. Whatever. And so the guy gives him to the trigger, and then he says, I'll do what you should have done an hour ago. And he throws the thing out the window because, you know, prisoners are a higher evolved sensibility of moral right and wrong. Of course, they wouldn't kill the, the, the civilians. <laughs> and then the civilians, okay, at this point, you know, they want to do it. They voted to do it, but they can't get someone to get up there. So one guy says, okay, I'll do it. And he gets up and he, he gets the trigger and he gets in his hand and it becomes very hot. And it becomes very difficult to hold. I don't mean literally hot. He's just like, and then he ends up, he can't do it. So, you know, the Joker's there will blow up either ship. I, I will blow up them both. You know, he says, he would, have, he would have let the other one survive if they'd chosen to blow up the other. But, and somehow Batman foiled that plan because neither boat blew up. I don't know. It's... And the pedantic moment is, what Tim brought up is that, is that, okay, remember the earlier part? One guy, an accountant, was going to spill the beans on who the Batman was. And the Joker put out a price on his head, the price being, you know, kill this guy or I'm just I'm blowing up a hospital. And there were two attempts on his life. Almost immediately. At 60 minutes. And yet, later in the film... You can't. It, the, the, the suddenly Gotham must have learned its lesson. The, the civilians must have learned their lesson because uh, you know they couldn't do it, and and they had much higher stakes involved. Their own lives. They're on the boat. Their own lives are at stake. And the lives. There's a woman holding her children. They're just children. They haven't had a chance to live. It's it's. I I think it's a pretty good moment. A pretty good pedantic moment. And uh, you have to let it slide. You have to let it go by. Otherwise, well. You're just not going to enjoy the movie. So hopefully I haven't spoiled it too badly for you. Anyway, uh, I think I've gotten to break number two.
What, already? Oh, this thing's just flying by. And I still got so much else to talk about. Well, we'll see what I can get to when I come back from this break. You're listening to Dim, uh, Dim Line Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'm going to take this break. I'm going to blow my nose, dang it. Ugh. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. One more segment to get through on the show. Can I get through it without sneezing? We shall see. Anyway, uh, conspiracy theories. Well, uh, funny you should ask. Uh, this is, we are fast approaching, as I'm recording this, fast approaching the 20, uh, 50th, 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 landing men on the moon mission that took place uh, in July of 1969. And uh, on July 20th, Neil Armstrong stepped off the ladder onto the surface of the moon saying, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Now, before I get too deep into that, into the conspiracy, did you hear how I said that? One small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Now, perhaps you could hear me saying uh, one small step for a man. Because I am. One s- small step for man, for a man. I'm saying, I'm, I'm putting the uh in there. For years and years and years. And it's not, se- probably not going to be ever settled. You know, the, 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 the way we've looked at that phrase is that uh, Armstrong is making a mistake. He, he should have, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't say that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind, which is what this phrase was supposed to be. They, I think they'd worked it out beforehand. It's just, it, it, it sounds like he's just saying one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, which is saying this, it, the, 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 the man and mankind are the same thing in that, in that context. 
when you say say it that way. But if he had said a man, one man, that's that that was the intent. This is one man making a relatively small step, but this is a giant leap for all of humankind. So many people, you know, we there's been this controversy, not too deep of a controversy, but a controversy as to what he really said. And Neil Armstrong maintained that I said a man. But the way language works, and I was reading about this, and I'll link to it in the show notes, we don't, when we speak, we don't speak in sentences with spaces and pauses. We'll, we'll pause, but it's, it's not like the written word. The written word is set into, in these single, single words you, you, with little gaps in between them, and there's punctuation and stuff like that. When we talk, it's a stream of sound. We may take a pause like that and that, but it's not, when we're talking, when I'm going, it's a stream of sound. But our brains are wired to understand language and to figure out the words and to recognize what the, the individual words and, and the context that they're building. It's an amazing thing what our brains can do. It's just amazing. And, and so the way he spoke, you know, he may have, he may have said, oh man, and I was doing that thing where there's one small step for a man. I'm throwing the uh in there, and it may be subtle. You might be able to hear it, but I'm throwing it in there. It's possible that he actually said it. So we don't know. We're not going to be able to find it out. Uh, Penn Jillette, practicing the principle of charity, back in, uh, back in the day, shortly after the moon landing, actually they were talking about it in school, and they were speculating, uh, I think uh, critiquing the moment, uh, critiquing that, that statement, and did he say it right, or why do you think he said it wrong, or something, and, and Penn just said, well, he, he was probably nervous. <laughs> He's stepping out in another world. <laughs> First person to ever do that. At least, in, you know, in our knowledge, there may be aliens visiting us. <laughs> no, they're not. But anyway. So, I'll link to that article that explains it. It is possible that he actually said it. Neil Armstrong always maintained that he did say, a man. But, uh, you'll, you'll read the article in there. But I did say conspiracy theories. Well, of course you know about the conspiracy theory uh, about the moon landing that it was hoaxed that uh, America couldn't do it but they you know they wanted to show up the Russians you know the Ruskies again they wanted to show up them and so they faked the landing and Stanley Kubrick filmed it right and it, it's just ridiculous I mean it, it's the Russians didn't call us on it and they were monitoring I mean, we we put men on the moon uh, we, meaning the human race, not just uh, the human species, not just uh, Americans, but, you know, hey, it was our country. You know, what can I tell you? But uh, there's a new one on me about this conspiracy now. This is, and, and this is going to demonstrate the, the nature of conspiracy theories. This, this duality, duality or the multiple split mind of, of a conspiracy theorist. Okay, there's this, it was shared on Facebook, there's this site, as far as I could tell, it's not a satire site, I was looking around for, the, you know, on their about page to see if there was a disclaimer saying that this is, you know, essentially saying this site is for entertainment purposes only, it's, it's, it's you know, it's a satire site, we're, we're poking fun at stuff. I, it, I think it's legit, I think it's legit, whoever runs it, hmm. uh, it, it calls itself uh, Alien 
stories or alien star alien star that's what it calls itself but the website is newsinstacked.com news instact i n s t a c c t instact i don't know what that's how they whatever it is but that's what the actual website is the headline it was saying that uh, you know that nasa is trembling because uh, the china china's space probe the moon probe is is showing that the the dirt on mars is brown not gray because it was gray yeah all that i mean it's brown apparently now china has some a uh, probe or uh, up on uh, on the far side of the moon and maybe the earth maybe the the dirt is brown on the far side of the moon and gray on the near side i don't know but it just it, it could be an artifact of the photograph it could be uh, of, how the, of the pro the image processing it could be that it could be maybe it is brown on the other side the the far side but i i don't think so um excuse me um and it's so this is what you know checkmate checkmate all you people that doubted the moon was a hoax moon landing was a hoax checkmate i mean but look up in this night sky what color is the moon is it brown so okay that's their that's uh, uh the, the latest salvo that i've seen from a conspiracy theorist again i'm i think it's legit i don't think it's a satire site but if you scroll down on the page, and again, it'll be on the show notes on dimland.com, if you scroll down on the page, the very next story states that there are, and have been for decades, colonies built by the, the governments of this planet, the world governments here, built and maintained by the world governments of the Earth. There are colonies on Mars and on the moon. And they've been there for for decades, and they and they're suggesting that the that many of the eight million children, I, I'm I'm thinking this is worldwide, the eight million children that go missing each year, are you know a good deal of them are being brought out to one of the colonies to work as slaves. And it's just is this I mean it this could be satire. This could be just poking fun and being b baloney, but wait a minute. Just the story before, you were saying we didn't make it to the moon. We had to hoax it, but then in the next story, you're saying that we've had colonies on the moon for decades. How long ago was the moon landing? It was decades ago. So is it... It's, it, they do say the last four decades of the missing children, it's like 320 million. So four decades. Ooh, that's So that one decade after... The, the 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 decade that uh, we went to the moon, 1969. You know, after that year, one de decade later, that's when we got all this ability to do this stuff. It was within that 10 years, from 1969 to 1979, we had to get build the technology and to get to the moon and get to Mars and to uh, it's come on. And this, this it it's just a crazy website. There's a whole bunch of silly 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 nonsense on there but conspiracy theorists can hold separate conspiracies about the same thing that are con that contradict each other they can do that and if there was a, a conspiracy theory convention you could have people there you know it's, we're we're all we're all denying the moon landing we're all thinking it was a grand conspiracy that fooled the world we all think that 
But this, this section over there thinks that uh, we were actually there for a lot longer. And this section over there, uh, they think that uh, Stanley Kubrick filled it, it, filmed it. And this section over there thinks that, that the moon is actually a hologram uh, projected on the, the sphere that surrounds the Earth. And this, you know, and each, each, each section could have completely, it has completely different ideas about the fake, the fake moon landing and why it was done and how it was done they can all have different ideas but they're all together they all they, they, they as long as they're all against the standard model explanation they they're 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 maybe not in perfect harmony but in such it's so much they get along this is we're all disagreeing with what the real story is the truth is we're disagreeing with that but we may not agree on what the what we think the fantasy is so it's it's just I saw that and I thought this is silly. <laughs> uh, I have a cool thing, one cool thing for the week, and what else would it be? It's been fifty years, you know, fifty years ago. Uh, the human species successfully landed two men on the, on the moon, and then brought them home uh, alive, and then they went on to land another. Uh, I don't know if it was. Let's see. I think six men. I think have walked down the moon. I think that's what it was. But they do other other stuff. They did it. It it was a grand accomplishment. It was an amazing accomplishment. It's one of the coolest things, if not the coolest things, that the human species has ever done. It's certainly in the top five. Uh, you know, it's 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 astounding. And uh, uh, I, you know, bravo to us. And again, like I like to say, it was done from science. It wasn't done by meditating on it. It wasn't done by praying for the inspiration, you know, to for God to get us to the moon. It was done through science. Science made it work. Math, science, technology. That's what did it. And we human beings are capable of that feat. Uh, that's amazing. And that's a super, super. Uh, awesome and cool, cool thing. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. <sighs> well, I didn't get to everything that I was going to hope to get to, but that means I can shift something to next week. I got the most stuff. I did. Uh, remember, be skeptical, and uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I made it to the show without sneezing. Oh, I'll be awesome if I could sneeze at the very end, but I, I don't think I have to. Uh, this is your host, Jim, Dr. Dim, for Simmons saying, sleep the lights off. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What? 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 Well, I'm going to hell.